The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 275. It is August 13, 2021. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about right here on the first and the only It's Ethan's Birthday podcast. Oh, Lord. Happy birthday, buddy. The oldest person my age in the world (laughs) (laughs) thanks pal oh let's moving on Uh, (laughs) wwe is uh, on the road to SummerSlam. it's coming up next weekend they have they continue to fire a bunch of people they continue to present largely pretty boring television shows except for when john cena pops up here and there and the booking is pretty atrocious and um yet somehow they have still sold like forty-one thousand tickets for SummerSlam, which as of this recording is still going to happen with forty-one thousand masked fans next weekend i think that about covers it right yeah yeah i i will be curious to see the uh the enforcement of the (laughs) of the mask wearing but uh, yeah, uh, yeah. well, we'll, be we'll see. A lot of stuff's going on. A lot of stuff going on. You got you got that, and you have is it Pacquiao's fighting in Vegas that night too? So yes, just yes. a mass of humanity. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is that WWE had to promise, like the uh, the state athletic commissioner or whatever, that they would end the show in three hours. So that people could go to the Pacquiao fight if they wanted to. And if you know one thing about WWE, it's that they always keep their word and hold up their end of contracts and bargains. <laughs> That's right. And they never test the limits of any of that. That's right. So the as we continue to build to Bobby Lashley and Goldberg at SummerSlam and John Cena and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam, those matches are pretty much... The build for those has been pretty good. And then, you know, Cena and Goldberg are in and out here and there. They're on certain shows. They're not on other shows. You know, probably for the best that they're not on TV every week. And I think that for what they are, those matches are going to deliver at SummerSlam. But the most of the more interesting thing to me going on is, you know, WWE just they have gutted NXT. <laughs> gutted is maybe a little strong, but uh, very clearly they are the the company has issued a directive internally where they're not going to hire anymore. Their words, not mine, quote unquote midgets, and no one uh, over thirty years old anymore. So we're going back to the Johnny Ace era of developmental that produced practically no stars and boy is that exciting <laughs> and adam cole and pete dunn are coming up on free agency yeah 
so there's there's a lot of moving parts um i guess the most interesting i mean the 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 releases themselves once it was made clear i mean we kind of got the stories out of order but it was like all these releases came and then over the weekend that uh, that new directive sort of was uh, was revealed to us and yeah i mean it, if that's your your way of looking at things and you look at who got cut that all tracks it was a lot of short people in their 30s and in some cases mid 40s <laughs> and uh yeah so that's you know i i feel for those guys because they didn't you know it's this was probably always an inevitability of WWE choosing to hoard talent, but uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And I think I forget, I think it was uh, might've been Tyler Rust or maybe it was one of the two Oh five guys that got cut. He, I thought he had a pretty level-headed response to it, which is like, he, he didn't trash anybody. He didn't uh, you know, he said, I, I understand it's a new directive. There's nothing I could have done. I wish I had known that this was going to be the new directive six months ago when I moved my family to Orlando, but oh well. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean, that that sucks for people, you know, people who got kids and they had to change schools and all that stuff. Like that's a, that's, you know, that's a big deal. And it's not fun to be, to be out of a job now, but you know, those, those are the breaks. Boy, just, just every single person on the next UK roster has got to be just waiting for that text, right? The only thing in their favor is that they're making like half the money that the regular NXT people are, right? Right. So maybe Nick Khan doesn't realize NXT UK exists. It's gonna be another. It's gonna be another prop. Paul's gonna get called in the office again when he when he finally makes that discovery. Yeah. So obviously, the implication to all of this is Triple H is falling out of favor. Nick Khan is the real son, the real favorite son. Triple H has been shamed, and <laughs> he's been he lost his his Wednesday night war with AEW and. The reason that he was never given any power on the main roster was so he could, wouldn't be put in a position to fail and then have to be demoted. And then, well, he got put in a wrestling war and he failed. And this is as close as they can come to demoting him. <laughs> it would yeah. seem. It would seem. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he still has like a real title with the company unlike whatever that made up thing they they appointed shane to be the other week yeah so uh be interesting to see what happens when triple h uh, does his media call next weekend uh is somebody gonna have the balls to ask him how his territory is doing i mean no one's gonna say those words no everybody wants to be everyone wants to smooch him on those calls. <laughs> well, I mean, it is the double-edged sword. We've talked about this before, but it's it's the access journalism thing where if you do ever ask and anyone in that position an actual real question that they don't like, you're never getting you're never getting called on again. Yep, that's true. That's true. So Pete Dunn and Adam Cole. If you're coming up on free agency, and presumably because those are two of the most talented guys in the world, 
you would think WWE would want to keep them. And Cole met with Vince McMahon apparently before last week's SmackDown. And they tried to sell him on staying with the company and coming to the main roster. And meanwhile, while they're issuing a direction not to hire anybody over 30 or under six feet tall, <laughs> which Adam Cole over two on those fronts. He's a small guy who's on the wrong side of 30. I don't like his main roster chances, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two guys. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I can't believe he's even considering staying when they fired his dad, Bob, the same night that they were meeting with him. Um, I mean, they fire your father. You think that would be the end of it, but... No, like I don't I don't know. Like it, I if I were him and he enjoys living in Florida and making good money and not having to worry about merch and stuff like that. Yeah, I I could see and and they give you a really good money offer, then take it. Now of course, as we've seen, really good money offers are only worth so much unless you have something in your contract that says they can't cut you. Uh so I don't know, like, I like, yeah, you could sign for, you know, let's play like, you know, best, best possible case scenario. We're going to pay Adam Cole a million dollars a year to stay. I don't think he would get that much, but it's like, okay. But then in a year, if we're in another cost cutting mood, guess who we're going to look at the short guy Vince doesn't like that's making a ton of money. That guy's getting cut first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, uh, well, you don't know for sure. I think it comes down to... <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing that Fred Armisen character from Saturday Night Live where he starts a bunch of sentences and never finishes any of them. You <laughs> see, what it really means to me is, and I think what it comes down to, and if I'm him, what I'm doing is... I look at Rey Mysterio as kind of the example. I was thinking about this the other day. I look at Rey Mysterio uh, as the example of there are guys who want to travel the world and they want to go to Japan for three weeks at a time, Mexico for three weeks at a time. If the UK gets back up and running again, do a shot over there once every six months or whatever, you could do big US Indies on the weekends. You can probably come close to your WWE income if you hustle or if you don't mind traveling. But if you have a family or if you don't want to live in airports and you have the opportunity to go somewhere like WWE and you can make the same money, but, and that's the most important thing to you, then makes sense. Like Rey Mysterio, Rey Mysterio, he made it all out. He or uh, all in whatever all in the first all in show he was in the main event of that show he worked some new japan that year he worked a little bit of mexico that year when he was between wwe stints and it's like i think ray just doesn't want to be in airports that much and so he chose to go to wwe even though it was inarguably the worst thing for his career because he could make the same money and not have to hustle for it you know what i mean and I guess it depends what Pete Dunn and Cole want out of life. Yeah, I mean, 
that I think to me almost it made more sense when if if the choice was stay in NXT or go elsewhere, I would say that makes tons of sense because you film TV in the same building every week right. that you can probably drive to. Um, right. Plus, NXT guys don't seem to have, or at least Adam Cole doesn't have the the Twitch ban. So, like that's so that would make sense to me. Now, if he's on the road just with the main roster instead that's a little different, but it's still theoretically it's, you know, you're on Friday to Monday or Saturday to Tuesday or whatever, whatever the current they're set. Now I guess they don't do Tuesday anymore because SmackDown's live on Fridays. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's still less travel because they don't really do house shows um, even before the pandemic that it kind of died down. So yeah, it's definitely way less travel. So um yeah i like i i wouldn't blame the guy for staying also just from like a logistical uh you know big time moment to debut on someone else's television show right now uh obviously the obvious place to go if he if adam cole in particular were to leave would be would be AEW. um like there's there's a couple other guys that are rumored to be making their debuts right around this time and if Adam Cole walks onto their show like in between CM Punk and Brian Danielson debuting. Adam Cole is the least big star of those three and the least important and would feel the least important. If he's in WWE for another year, another two years, whatever, and then he leaves and, and he goes elsewhere, he could make a pretty big splash coming in as a new guy when there aren't a bunch of other big returns or debuts coming, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. The top of the card over there is very crowded and it's about to get more crowded. And yes, that's an excellent point. Um, I don't, I mean, I think he would go, I think his debut would be after both of those guys, depending on presuming he has the 30 day uh, non-compete. But yeah, to your point, well, he wouldn't have a non-compete though, right? Because his deal would be up. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So he could be theoretically he could be on their TV in like <laughs> twelve days or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Strategically, I'm not sure about that. Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn would benefit greatly from going to Japan. And working over there for whatever whatever the contract term that they would the shortest contract term that they would allow would be two years, three years, whatever. Just go over there. They need junior heavyweight help in New Japan very badly right now. Pete Dunn would go over there, take the Marty Skrull role as kind of a base for the juniors, but Mm -hmm. with travel bans and stuff like. I don't have guys want to go to Japan right now. <laughs> well, he could always return to the thriving indie scene that uh, NXT UK helped cultivate. Yeah, I saw you uh, people with, on Twitter trying to correct you on that. <laughs> it's yeah. The broader point is not is not true, even if the minutiae of it is. Yes. Little, yes. Yes. There's no UK, there's no UK scene right now. WWE killed it. They went in and they signed all the talent that they wanted and the speaking out movement killed the rest of the scene over there because it was just a bunch of perverts. Mm-hmm. 
So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So Pete Dunn uh, really can't go back to the UK and work because there's nowhere to work. Well, also, yeah, I, I, also, we're I, in a global I, pandemic. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if this has changed, but even getting like a work visa was very hard last year for certain guys. Yeah. Um, especially guys not in WWE. Yep. And I don't know if that's any easier than it is now. Obviously, like Pack or somebody is able to get in the country sometimes, it seems, but not all the time. Yes. Um, so I, I don't know what the rules are for that. So if he and if you are only if your only sponsor is the company you're working for and that relationship goes away, if you want to stay in the country, um, that becomes like its own headache, right? So that's there's a lot of logistic logistical nightmares that come out of being somebody from another country trying to stay in the U S after quitting your job or whatever. Um, and that is only more complicated, I'm sure by the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of interesting things happening. AEW Dam. Uh, yeah. AEW debuts rampage this week. And as the prophets foretold, Kenny Omega defending the impact world title against Christian cage is the first match in the history of AEW Rampage a week before CM Punk probably debuts on the show. Yeah, just just how we all drew it up. Yeah. Wouldn't have wouldn't have guessed that. So they're building to their pay-per-view. They got Christian and Omega for the AEW title on their show. Again, we're like three weeks away from pay-per-view and they have like uh, they have three matches announced. The second one is a, a women's casino battle royale, and the th- third one is a, a pack and uh, Andrade Elidolo. So, sure seems like they like waiting till the last minute to build their shows. You know, like a month ago, we were, uh, or at least I was, uh, talking about like, wow, it seems like the show's like already kind of built up. Like it's seems pretty obvious where like all of the top guys are going to be at this pay-per-view yes. uh, because they were building to Cody and uh, uh, the other guy and they were building to Kenny and hangman. And uh, yeah, it felt, felt like we knew where, where most of the big time matches were going to go. And then they did, they obviously chose a different direction with hangman and and Cody and Black was on television, and now Cody's off to, off TV for for the uh, foreseeable future. So we went from having like five or six matches seemingly locked in to having the two or three. Yeah, Hangman I think is taking some time off while he and his wife have a baby, um, so he's probably not going to be in for this cycle, and. I assume maybe we're getting CM Punk and Darby Allen. I just putting two and two together. Mm-hmm. So, and then your your tag titles, maybe still some version of uh, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express, depending on how that plays out on TV, building up to that show. Although they, they usually don't do rematches, so I wonder if they'll be doing something else. They kind of hinted at um the, the death triangle guys going after young bucks but uh and Britt baker's defending the title on tv this week so um not sure if 
there will even be a women's title match on that show. But yes, it's to your point. A month ago, we were talking about how clear the short-term picture looked for them, and now here we are. It's back to uh, back to uh, trademark AEW Dynamite, which everyone seems to love, except. <laughs> There are things I like about it, but at the end of the show, I usually think that was all right. Not, <laughs> wow, that was great. And everyone else in the world seems to go, that was great. They're really firing on all cylinders. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wrong, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, um, I, I guess, be, and I, like, again, we've talked about this. There's a middle ground, theoretically, at least between the show on one channel where nothing ever happens and we see the same rematches over and over and over and over and over again and the show where a million things happen every single week and it feels and you get whiplash from uh you know everything happening so fast um this is not related to pay-per-view build but i want to talk about tony shivani's large adult son for a moment oh there's a yeah i don't want to I'll wait till you're done. Go ahead. That was some TNA Garrett Bischoff stuff, man. And I mean that in more than one way. Because yes, <laughs> it's just a random person's son uh, being inserted into an angle. But also, if you, you remember, this was at a show we were at, uh, Bound for Glory 2011, when Hogan and Sting were wrestling. Just like randomly right before the match started, they did a backstage segment where they're like, by the way, the ref for this match is Eric Bischoff's son. And then uh, the match happens, Sting wins, and Eric Bischoff hits his son with a chair. And it's supposed to be like a big deal. It's like, I, I, like, I didn't even know that. Like, maybe you could have told us it was his son a month ago. And then uh, we would have cared when Eric Bischoff hit him with a chair. So I was thinking about that as uh, randomly QT Marshall and and Tony Chavani are in the ring uh, and to, and in like in the spring of 15 seconds we are introduced to Tony Chavani's son. We are told that he wants to be a professional wrestler, and then QT Marshall and his guys are going to beat him up, and then and then the big show comes out to save, uh, like in a vacuum. I don't care that the big show came out to start a feud with QT Marshall, but the problem I generally had with it was all you have to do is bring Tony's son to a show two weeks ago and point him out sitting in the crowd or worst case scenario, at least have Tony mention like, Hey, we're going to be in last week. Have him go, Hey, we're going to be in Pittsburgh next week. Uh, my son, who's training to be a pro wrestler, is going to be there. I'm very excited to spend some time with him and, uh, you know, introduce him to the crowd or something. And then you do that. At least do something. It's like in the span of 15 seconds, we got Tony, you have a son. Tony, he wants to be a wrestler. Tony, I'm going to beat him up all in 10 seconds. And all of this was involving QT Marshall, which, of course, only makes it worse. <sighs> all right, I'm done. Yeah, I thought that was no good. There was a 15-minute stretch there of Dynamite this week where you had the Good Brothers wrestle, defending the Impact World Tag Team titles, immediately followed by a QT Marshall promo, followed by Tony Schiavone's large adult son being pulled out of the crowd, followed by a tease for the big show versus QT Marshall. 
there was a, like a solid 15 minutes where that was the only thing on TNT. And I was like, this company was a mistake. And that Aren't that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that makes me wonder if like in five years I'm gonna be proven right and everybody's gonna be like this show actually sucked. If this is your Brian Alvarez predicting Nitro is going to die in nineteen ninety-eight moment. Well, I mean, I think people knew in ninety-eight Nitro sucked though. Like maybe <laughs> the maybe the masses didn't know, but the quote unquote smarks knew. It's like okay. the, the smarts are the ones that like dynamite. And oh, the, very much so. And the masses, I'm, the masses don't watch wrestling anymore. So it's only the smarts. I guess. <laughs> I mean, this was the first week in a while they were under a million. So I don't, you know, nothing makes sense when it comes to viewership patterns to me with wrestling shows for the most part. So. I don't think we can read that much into it based on whatever last week's show was. I've already forgotten. Well, but... 10, 10%. So they lost 10% of their audience to the challenge, which is like the big show on cable right now. Right. Okay. Okay. I they mean, lost 10% of their audience. That's WWE was down 2% this week, and everybody was like, oh, it's the worst for already since fans came back. Well, they haven't been lighting it. They haven't been setting the world on fire for many, many years now. <laughs> Like, I still consider 900,000 people watching a startup on TNT within two years of its debut. That's still pretty successful, I think. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I'm not, the wheels are not coming off, so to speak, just yet. But yeah, let's, right. but yeah, there are things like that where you go, where you just go, especially thinking about the amount of uh, male talent that doesn't necessarily get used. And again, we've talked about this before. I'm a big believer that not everybody needs to be on the show every week, but you know who never needs to be on a show any week? QT Marshall. Uh, yeah. So, you know, give give a little extra time to the, you know, one of the, the six-man match or, or something else in its place, whatever you had to do. Just you do that stuff on AEW Dark all you want, but I don't I don't need to see that on on network television well on dynamite this week they were promoting the debut of rampage on friday they were promoting next week's dynamite they were promoting next week's rampage and they were promoting the pay-per-view the first week of september they're promoting like four things at once and it appears it's just going to be that way now because there's always going to be another show coming up on Friday to promote. And then you're plugging Wednesday show after that. And it's just like, it's, they are also now a content factory. So would you then be a proponent of doing separate rosters for the two shows? I would be a proponent of not doing the second show, but (laughs) (laughs) that's, what are you gonna do? Not take the money? I, I I don't know, man. Everybody always takes the money, and yeah, and it never goes wrong. <laughs> we've, we've got we've got a decade of evidence of bra being three Ooh. hours that is enough to tell you you shouldn't take the just take the money, particularly when you know you're a billionaire. But whatever, I 
it's capital now it's capitalism you can go on an anti-capitalism rant but it's like oh, i mean that's that's I, the un, yeah the ever-turning wheel i don't think you need to to split the rosters but you could unofficially have one show have one focus or direction or just do more trios matches or more women's matches or whatever on one of the shows it's just like the Friday night at 10 p.m. show is going to default to being the B show. Whether nobody wants to come out and admit that their show is a B show right off the bat, John Cena and Randy Orton wrestled on the first couple of episodes of main event when that was a thing, and then mm-hmm. you see what where main event is now. It is going to default. Rampage will default to being a B show. It it just by default you can't promote everything equally. It doesn't work. No, yeah, no, you're right. I, I agree. Um, I think it's it's another it's another hour, right? It's another if you're a super fan and you can't get enough and you really want to see more, you know, and again, hopefully they will use people that aren't on dynamite, you know, like Hikaru Shida or you know, people like that who just aren't 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 around that are just I guess wrestling on dark every week. Um, like I hope I hope those people do get get to be on rampage because they're on actual television in that case but yeah it's it's by as you said by default it's not going to get the attention or and it probably shouldn't because it's on at 10 o'clock at night on a friday if there's a plus i think it's going to be mostly matches and it's going to be like the uh, the episode of late night dynamite that they ran one time during the NBA playoffs last year or whatever. It's like, it was one hour. It was three matches. All the matches got time. They didn't shoot a bunch of angles. I think that's where we're going to end up eventually. And that's fine. Yeah. And I think theoretically, if you, if you want to do an interview or two on, on the Wednesday show to be like, all right, that match will be on, you know, it doesn't have to, it could be a 30 second thing with, you know, Shivani or Dasha or one of those people uh, backstage and just, all right, if you want it, it's there. But <laughs> one of the you're... people that interviews people, one of the people that talks into a microphone on that show that is not the horny cowboy. <laughs> yeah, any of them, <laughs> any of them. And not Marvez, preferably either, but yes. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that's uh, that's AEW, that's WWE. Uh, New Japan and AAA have big shows this weekend. New Japan running Los Angeles. Tanahashi and Lance Archer, Jay White and David Finley. I don't think Finley's staying around in New Japan, so I don't expect him to beat Jay White. On the one hand, it would be shocking to me to have Lance Archer beat Tanahashi. On the other hand, I'm not surprised ever by how often New Japan decides to beat Tanahashi anymore, so whatever and then i know you enjoy watching triple mania every year yeah it's it's my one it's my one lucha libre uh excursion each year just to watch uh watch triple mania uh big match being cycle clown versus ray scorpion in a uh, mask versus hair match uh of course my my most uh, anticipated match though is uh is puma king sam adonis and dmt azul versus chess man and pagano who i think were in hair match against each other last year try to kill each other and their partner the murder clown 
that's that's you get the puma king and the murder clown in the same match yeah it's like the two greatest names in the history of professional wrestling and meeting you ever seen puma king up close in his gimmick i don't think so i did at WrestleCon a couple years ago like you look at puma king in pictures and it's like man that is like one of the coolest looking wrestlers i've ever seen and then you see that you see that guy like 10 feet away from you and it's a grown man painting his face like a tiger wearing a tiger suit and it's really freaking creepy like oh he's a furry (laughs) this is a sex thing isn't it it gets weird. It gets real weird in person, man. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of, while we're on the weird uh, sex thing, I want to apologize to Jeff Jarrett, who we posited on this show, was probably the man responsible for all of the women on WWE Raw who end up barefoot all the time. Well, now, J, 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 good old Double J has been released, and uh, Charlotte Flair was once again barefoot in the ring on Raw this week. So... Um, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, not a foot pervert. I apologize for slandering him that way. Um, I think Bruce Pritchard is now the number one, number one suspect. That that would make sense if we if you, you a longtime listener will remember when we when we first started discussing the the weird <laughs> pervert segments that started popping up on Raw. You you match that up when of when it was reported that Bruce was back in the fold, and you know correlation doesn't always equal causation, but Sometimes it does. Yeah, they brought in Jeff, like Jeff Jarrett, Abyss, and Bruce Pritchard are all around the same time. Well, Abyss and Bruce are still there. So there's a couple of suspects. <laughs> I'm determined to find out who is the foot pervert in WWE. And if you're a woman, okay. why don't you just wear tennis shoes to work there? Yeah, or, or like at least like boots with like a chunky heel. You know, like you're kicking people with them. And, you know, that's like that's like half of Charlotte's moves are big boots. <laughs> I think she would wear a good sturdy boot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, sorry, I cut you off. You're talking about Triple Mania. Is there anything else from that show that you are uh, looking forward to? I mean, I mean I'm uh, tangentially interested in uh, Kenny Omega wrestling uh, Andrade El Idolo for the uh, Mega <laughs> Championship. Uh, but I, I I think I think that's really fascinating because both those guys are in the same company in America and in Mexico, and I think they did one like short video promo uh, for a Triple Mania press conference last month that was that was shot backstage at a uh, at a Dynamite. It was just like them both standing next to each other with Marvez or somebody, or maybe it was Alex Abermontes. I'm not sure, but and they did like a little promo for it, but they they didn't. We're doing we're doing impact world title matches on 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 uh, on our on our dynamite show, but we're we're not uh, we're not really plugging the triple mania stuff too hard. I guess I guess they're not uh, they're not as friendly uh, or they don't uh, they don't come through the for- forbidden doors often. Yeah, I wonder how much Conan being with AEW now apparently has to do with mm-hmm. that. I feel like Conan and help. I feel like Conan and Triple A split up pretty often and then always end up back together and then split up and end up back together. But yeah, that's that seems like it could be part of it. I mean, the Lucha Bros are also on the Triple Mania show and a multi-man tag that'll probably be great. Um, So it's not like, you know, guys are being forbidden, uh, pun very much intended, 
from from working uh, anywhere. But yeah, I mean, that's that's legendary, right? Is I mean, CMLL very publicly ended their relationship with Ring of Honor this year because <laughs> Ring of Honor was letting their Rouge and whoever work other other Mexican promotion shows or on shows with other with guys from other Mexican promotions. So and obviously CMLL and AAA are not the same, but they that's kind of like a longstanding thing in Mexico is they don't like, they don't like mixing talent. And if you're, if you're friendly with people, they hate that, that generally ends your relationship sooner rather than later. Well, just as a bigger principle in life, I can get behind that. Yeah. Don't hang out with my enemies. That's rude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. We've talked about life. We've talked about AEW. We've talked about AAA. We've talked about WWE. Talked a lot about NXT. And we've talked about uh, sex perverts. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Uh, I mean, I'm, I was very disappointed that Karrion Cross uh, won uh, beat Jeff Hardy on Raw this week. It's like, man, the old man couldn't even let me have this. Uh, Definitely not the funniest possible outcome. No. Um, so that's that's shame. Uh, Keith Lee posted a video today explaining what I think had been inferred already, but um, that you know his his battle with COVID and how that led to other health complications and and just uh, I thought it was it was nice nice of him. He, nobody nobody was going to force him to do that. He said he I he, the implication that I re- read in his tweets was he wanted to do something official with WWE, and they said no. So he just did a YouTube video of him sitting in his house talking about it, but it's, it's pretty sobering and I'm glad he's healthy now, but uh, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty terrifying. COVID's no joke, man. COVID's no joke. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, we've ended our show. This is, this is the new theme as we end it with talk of mortality or fear of uh, fear of the outside world. I mean, to a certain extent in that one or both of us is always here. It's always looming <laughs> that <laughs> that conversation might come up. But yeah, now it's like, well, now I'm blaming. I'm going to blame you, though, because I'm like turning it over to you to end the show. And you're right. Like, and I'm rambling. <laughs> not rambling you just start talking about death yeah <laughs> all right well, we'll put it yeah we'll put it in my court this week which that's, makes that's me bad. wonder is everything is everything okay pal sure <laughs> yeah you know I, I have a few more I, I noticed a few more gray hairs in the mirror this week and it ah. really bothered me so huh. you know nobody gets out of it alive just protect yourself all right <laughs> protect your neck all right uh till next time everybody i'm ethan and i'm liam we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life bye-bye Thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Now, here are this week's bonus features.
Hello, Ethan. It is your girl, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. And this is from your lovely wife, Anna, who wanted me to wish you a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ethan. I hope it's a blessed, amazing, non-stressful, incredible day for you, as in every single day in your life. I hope it's amazing. Um, I wanna thank you so much for being a fan. Thank you for writing awesome articles only about good things, I hope, Ethan. And I want to thank you so much for loving Sasha Banks and keep on requesting me versus Trish Stratus one day because that is a dream match that I want to accomplish. So, Ethan, I hope you have an amazing day. I'm going to make sure I tell Ryu that you said hello as well and thank you for being a fan of his as well. Um, thank you for being part of the Sasha crew. Thank you for everything. Um, all my love and gratitude towards you and your family. I hope you have a blessed and safe day, Ethan. Be well. I try to keep on keeping on.